Hello and welcome to another episode of Digital Signage Explored. This week we are speaking to Marco from Muse Creative, uh, a really engaging conversation. Marco has worked with some of the biggest retail outlets in terms of deployment from very beginning of concept all the way to the very end and the management of these retail stores. Digital signage being a part of that kind of information technology highway. So if you do want to understand how to better infuse uh, these experiences and find out how Marco really approaches those conversations with his customers, this is going to be a really interesting one for you. Hello and welcome to Digital Signage Explore. My name is Tim from Signage Live and today we are joined with Marco from Muse Content. Marco, thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me. Marco, I appreciate your kind of time here today because I know you've got a huge amount of experience specifically in retail um, and that's what we wanted to focus in on today. Could you give a bit of an overview as to what your history and obviously your CEO at Muse Content, what, what is kind of your background? For sure, I can start off with the background. So I'm in the industry, meanwhile, since a little bit like 15 years plus. And I was always very much focused on working on digital signage integrations and brick and mortar, so retail. Then some years ago, five to eight years ago, we started off focusing more on the omni-channel perspective. So we were bringing a lot of web technology stuff and combining everything, make it available at the point of purchase. We have some bring your own device approaches as well. So we, we try to see the whole picture a little bit more broader. So use content itself is existing since 13 years. Before I used to work with another company on an international scale with Muse, we do pretty much at the same. We work in the global sphere at the moment mm -hmm. and the majority of our clients are bigger retail chains. Um, which can be from all kinds, a lot of fashion industry. So I always call it um, that we do fashion and leisure mm -hmm. because we are doing theme parks as well. So we are not so focused on one industry. Yeah, this is pretty much what we are up to, what we are doing. Perfect. And that obviously gives you a lot of kind of creative influence into the retail sectors and space and how they work. What typically is the common questions that you're being asked and when you're getting kind of involved in that conversation? What's the pain point, the driver where they say, you know, Marco, we need to do this. We're looking to do that. What's kind of the hot topics? Let's approach it from a slightly different angle because what differentiates us a little bit from our competitors is that we start very early in the process. Mm -hmm. So we get approached by brands and we have the request to do some omni-channel ideas so we are getting drawings like one and a half year before a new store is going to open mm -hmm. and they approach and say Marco do something fancy but then we usually skip that and say guys look we don't need to aim for something fancy let's try to build something useful mm -hmm. and useful is what differentiates the brands we are talking with on a daily basis because every customer is completely different from the other sure. so most of the time we are challenged with not even a lack of knowledge about the client. Most of the guys know a lot about their clients, but just straight from the online field or from the classical brick and mortar store. Mm. And what we are trying is, is to break through the silos and combine it into one big chain and get a whole omni-channel idea from acquisition of the client down to loyalty programs, what kind of ideas in digital signage could be expressed by screens, but what is delivered to those kind of screens? What is the content strategy behind it? Mm. Is there a possibility to automize things? How strongly we involve the web field as well? So all kind of websites, social media content, 
want and all those kind of things. So the topic, I totally get the idea is very complex. And so most of the time people are a little bit afraid mm. to touch this field, but in the end, it's always worth it. So you usually have a process of a few weeks where you're sitting together, discuss, come up with ideas, define certain installation areas within the stores then you're going further with the content and then you're coming up with the ideas but it's always that let's say the challenge everybody's got is to come up with the right ideas and the right points of contact mm. for the customer so with that in mind obviously you're talking about this omni-channel experience and digital signage playing a part in that where do you see that there's real value in saying you know digital signage is obviously a tool in itself to communicate but then where do you see that there's the quickest and easiest value to go and say, this is how it can work in an omni-channel experience to add value to that mm -hmm. entire life cycle of whoever it might be you're communicating with? What we always see at the moment is time to market. Mm. So in this term of communicating, you have to communicate very fast. Mm -hmm. Especially here in the German-speaking region, we were just through, or let's say it's, not, it's more a global phenomenon of Black Friday, Cyber Monday, whatever Tuesday, whatever Wednesday, right. so there are always, they come always up with loads of ideas. And the big problem is the retailer next to you, he got screens, he is doing 30% off. Mm -hmm. You have posters, you do 20% off. Right. Mm. So you are in trouble. So what we discovered over the last years, and this year was pretty massive. On Black Friday, we received within the first hour, like 20 or 30 calls to change the rebates. Really? Yeah. So they're yeah, just because they're the looking other, around. Yeah, so they are looking around, they call us up and say, guys, look, the whole system is based on screen, so we can change immediately, please do so. Mm -hmm. so this is a very good example that you can feel. And yes, for the one part of the omnichannel strategy, because if you just change the screen, you have to change the pricings online, you have to do it in your cashier system. It's mm -hmm. all fair, but it gives you flexibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so this is pretty much the answer that I wanted to give. You're getting more flexible, you're getting more agile, you can, if you're looking for fashion, you can work with drops capsules whatever you like mm -hmm. for a very short period of time before the handling was pretty let's say pretty awful if you're right now going into some of the bigger chains and they are still working with posters you see the problem so this is always the easiest way to come in and then the next phase is hitting off with all kind of services yeah. so i always call this the moment you can enable customers to let's say get a good let's call it kind of feedback they had been very clever that they had been at your store shopping shopping your brand because mm -hmm. you are transporting them all kind of services we are having sewing we do a lot of quality stuff you have a more easy way to communicate with the customer sure i think that makes sense and just understanding that journey a little bit more and being able to mm -hmm. tweak the content as you say using schedules but then also being able to say being very retro, being very reactive to situations and scenarios as they come, especially as you mentioned those like Black Fridays and where you've got a day deadline, where if you don't capitalize on that opportunity there and then the next day it's gone. You know, there's there's no bringing yeah. that back. Um, in terms of the Omni Channel, obviously because you work so closely from the very beginning of conception all the way up into the final final kind of deliverables, is there any advice that you would give for a chain or a store to if you are about to endeavor in investing more into brick and mortar and i think a lot of people are because it's not the brick and mortar is going away that it's just, it's changing right the methodology behind it is changing from a 
somewhere you had to go to purchase something to somewhere you want to go to purchase something. Um, is there any kind of advice that you would give for people kind of doing that first draft and first review of how they could approach this? Yeah, you know, the funny part is that we just had this discussion this morning with mm -hmm. a bigger brand, which said, Mark, we have to do something, but we have simply no idea how and where to start. Mm. And <clears throat> at first, you have to look into your values. What differentiates your brand? Is this the experience? Let's go for Balenciaga. They have an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. But there are other companies like Globetrotter in Germany, or let's say a big outdoor brand in Germany, because this is what Globetrotter is actually doing is outdoor wear. Mm -hmm. So for them, it's environmental friendliness, it's service, repairing stuff. So they have a total different approach on brand values. Mm -hmm. And you have to look at the brand values, and then you're looking into the classical brick and Store and say, okay, where you are communicating right now and where's the lack of communication? Are there topics you can't get across? Mm -hmm. And then you start slightly to dig deeper and find ways and positions within the store because mm -hmm. it's quite tricky as well, where screen makes sense. Usually when we step into big tenders, it happened in the past that we just, um, they ask for a thousand players mm -hmm. and we just handed in 700 players as okay. a quote. Interesting. And then they ring us back and say, guys, look, you didn't get the tender right. We said, yeah, we got the tender right. But we think 300 of your installations doesn't make any sense. Mm. So we would like to recommend you to simply take those out of your store. That's interesting and something that I think is often overlooked. And there is a genuine point that you can do digital signage for digital signage sake, and it's not adding any value. Yeah. Um, I think that's something that I'm a big um, proponent of here. And it sounds almost counterintuitive from a digital signage company to say you don't need all of that digital signage, but there is the right place for it and there's the wrong place for it. But I think it's always, you should always sit down and say, could this just be a poster? A lot of the time, I think the answer is no. It, you know, there are benefits to digital signage, but you do sometimes walk in and go, this isn't adding anything. They need to be in the right position or you could end up with the same total number, but by moving it in front of kiosk or front of house or in the front windows, you double your exposure and suddenly it becomes way more valuable than what it was before. Is that the same kind of thing that you've experienced? Exactly. But what you see often, we often see screens that are just there, not for the digital signage sake. We call it for the architect's sake. Mm, There's right. a kind of corner somewhere where nobody had an idea for. Mm -hmm. Let's put a screen. Yeah. So, and what is the concept for screen? Yeah, we don't know, but there was space. So we just put the screen there. Yeah. And then they are playing content, which doesn't make any sense. Mm. And there's just a corner which is doing whatever and makes no sense. Yeah. And then it's exactly the way, as you said previously, yeah, you could go in and say, guys, look, we can take this in front of the house. We can pay, make some nice window uh, signage. Let's change it a little bit. Let's raise the, yeah, let's say the attention for the screen and mm -hmm. change the content. You could do so, but we often encounter screens which were a kind of a test situation somewhere in a changing room in the corner and nobody has an idea what to do with it. Yeah. This is waste of money. Yeah. So you can simply stop this waste of money. And what we did, for example, in that tender, we won this tender. Then we sit together we said, okay, we are taking those stuff out, mm. but we are taking the budget and invested into something useful. Yeah, no, totally. And I think that's a really, especially at the level of customer that you typically are speaking with, those changes are millions of pounds worth of exchanges. You go, actually, let's save all of this money and reinvest it somewhere else where it makes sense. One, one of the things actually I wanted to raise with you, because I know we discussed it on kind of our interim call, was that kind of brand alignment with employees as well as the actual customers. Because I think digital signage, when you talk about retail, your mind just goes to 
big picture of a shoe, shoe cost X amount, it's 25% off, go and buy it at the kiosk, uh, or go buy it at the, at the register. But there's a big part of that where I used to, or no, I didn't used to work, I tried to go work for Disney, I didn't get the job, um, as at Disney stores, <clears throat> and they had a big sign as you walked out of the Disney store to say, um, you are on stage, go out with a smile, you know, all this kind of stuff where, because their brand is so critically important, communicating that message to the employees as well as the people, the consumers, could equally just add that value. One of the customers we actually have, I can't put a name to it at the moment, um, they have actually installed digital signage screens at the back of every single one of their stores. And then there is a physical touch button that allows you to display secured dashboard metrics for the sales performance of that store. So everyone's incentivized to go and have a look how their store's performing compared to other stores. And there's a competitive element there. And there's all of this kind of back of house stuff that's coming to fruition. Now, are you finding the same thing? Are people kind of asking about this more generally? Or are you still seeing more of a storefront first approach? Both. Back of the house is still rare here mm. in Germany because you have those kind of things. Yeah, you can put it on the screen and you, the button thing, I really like the idea. I mm. haven't done it so far. We did it with smaller touchscreens in the past, mm -hmm. but we usually add small introduction videos yeah. to it. Mm -hmm. So it was more like tutorials, like how to handle a certain scarf or how to com combine stuff. So we use them for training usually. Mm -hmm. So you can log in with your ID card. Yeah. And so there's even a tracking if you looked all the latest tutorials. So you are always up to speed because That's if a great. customer walks in and asks you um, when whatever, I don't know, Supreme is dropping with Remova in the store. Mm -hmm. And you always say, oh, sorry, I don't know because I haven't read the newsletter. So there's a certain amount of stuff you have to learn and you have yeah. to consume so that you are able to answer those kind of questions. And the very funny part is we just recently installed a huge LED wall which we call a hybrid LED mm. because you can transform the space where it's located. It's usually a classical brick and mortar sphere for mm. clothing, but you can, um, yeah, you can pull a curtain, close the space and you can do fashion shows and all kinds of things in there, but you can use it as well to educate people. Mm -hmm. So it's an education space as well. Mm -hmm. So they are doing all their fire safety trainings in there with the staff yeah. and they open it. It's a huge sales place mm -hmm. and they close it a little later, showed some secret fashion stuff to some individual clients. Mm -hmm. So it's this multi-purpose or hybrid spaces. We are aiming a little bit more, which are then in your cases, more front of the house as well. So they are not somewhere hidden. Yeah. So it's kind of dual usage a little mm -hmm. bit. And so it's adding additional value to signage as well. Yeah, I, I think that's great. And actually it alleviates some of the questions because there's two perspectives to clients that approach. I think some come in and they go, know exactly what they want. And they go, I want this, can you do it? And you go, yep, no problem. We can do it in this way, this way, or this way. And then sometimes you do have to kind of coax the value out of the entire proposition to say, Yes, you're installing a digital signage screen. It is a device, it is a player, it is a piece of software, and it is a content of whatever sort that you're building. But if you can then add on to that things like compliance from a security perspective or training, or, you know, just adding more of these, these values, that cost suddenly becomes, you know, tiny, minuscule comparatively to what you get out of it. Um, so that's really interesting. In, in terms of other kind of examples and case studies, because I know you've got such a long history in, in retail specifically. Are there any other kind of key projects or anything that you can point to where you say that was really unique and successful? We would love to emulate that or do that again. Is there any kind of projects that stick out to you? 
So we did quite a few of those, to be honest. So okay, I have to great. think a little bit which one I should pull out. Sure. The fun part is we are often called at a very, very early level. Mm. So we have a lot more influence than just stepping into a tender, for example, because mm -hmm. the tender is most of the time from the IT department initiated and is aiming exactly what you just said. Mm -hmm. Just put a screen there, a player, something, it has to work. And whatever content-wise is going on there, yeah, the marketing team or Corpcom <laughs> will handle it. Yeah. So that's it. And if you are talking to us, this is the position where we see us as too late because you have no real influence on what is going on there mm. and you can challenge ideas. So you just deliver what the client wants. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's fine, it's turnover, but it's usually not the idea. But one of my favorite examples is Bräuninger from uh, Germany. Mm -hmm. So it's meanwhile, six or seven years ago, they approached me and they called me. I'd been on vacation, totally relaxed. And it's a, you can compare it to Selfridge or Harrods. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And so it's a luxury department store. So it's a luxury department store chain. And a person says, look, Margo, we are doing a lot in the web sphere. We are very much ahead. And we really want to push that experience into the stores. Mm. And so we started to work on a playbook, which took us like half a year, nine months. And we worked out the playbook for the whole omnichannel experience, the idea how to push things further, how to combine those things. And four years ago, the first Bräuninger based on this playbook opened in Nuremberg mm -hmm. and had been a tremendous success. Brilliant. It's based on the communication. So you don't have in a store like, I think it's 4,000 square meters you have less than 10 installations. Mm. So you don't need a lot, mm. but they are so nicely chosen and placed mm. that it makes sense. And if you're right now going for Munich, which is the latest development of Groninger, yes, right now we are up to 40 touch points or something, but it still looks very high class, very much on point. Yeah. And right now we are developing the new one in Hamburg, which will be the latest version. And you have all kinds of, I always call it classical communication, so signage, which is just showing some, yeah, let's say some classical activations, capsules, just to bring over moods, ideas, and yep. bring you into the mood for shopping. Mm -hmm. Then we have smart stations, which are connected to the web shop where you can scan, get access to a lot more information. You can order different sizes from other department stores and so on and mm -hmm. so on. And there's another iteration of this system within the changing rooms, within the dressing rooms, mm -hmm. uh, which even has a call to action button so that you can call the stuff. Great. Yeah. So small amendments. It's not a big amendment, but it makes a huge difference for the customer. Yeah. This is one of the projects where we are looking into very deeply and which is evolving from stage to stage since mm. quite a few years. It won, I think it won more than six awards on a global scale. So oh. this is something we could look at, but at the same time, if you're looking a little bit out of the classical retail brick and mortar stuff, if you are going for self-order terminals, mobile ordering for QSR mm. and change a little bit the perspective on QSR, we are working a lot on it at the moment. There's huge game-changing potential in there as well. So we are still pretty much in an early phase with digital signage. 
not because the technology is so new, it's because nobody really thought about it on detail. Yeah. And this is what we try to change. That's really interesting. I think you hit on a couple of points there that I wanted to circle back on. The first of which is getting the consumer in the right mind frame for shopping. I think that's a really interesting take because I think that is something that's overlooked. We obviously typically work a lot more in corporate spaces and actually uh, I recorded a show yesterday and the same conversation came up, which is that you're trying to elicit some kind of feeling or an emotion or a mood, whether it's regardless of what vertical are in. So from retail, obviously you want to get them in the mood for shopping. It's a high energy, it's an excitement time. It's that kind of feeling of comfortable and excited and kind of seeing the new. Corporate perspective, it's typically a little bit more like this is who we are as a brand, really understanding the traditions around the company and the brand values and all of that kind of stuff. So when you're speaking to your customers, per se, the retailers in this situation, are they kind of, are they quite emotionally driven isn't the word that I'm looking for here, but are they very aware and focused on the emotion of the shopper as they go through that? <clears throat> kind of, a little bit different. They change the perspective just a little. Yeah. There, there's a phrase which is quite widely used, which is experience economy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it depends on what kind of client you are looking at. Right. And if you're looking at Gen Y, which, yeah, which is me and let's say most of the guys which are living here, I would just say, so which are working here, mm -hmm. we are pretty much focused on getting into the store and we are getting excited by new stuff. Mm. So it's not that there's a certain content that is triggering, it's the whole system. And yeah. this is why we are working very closely with big architecture bureaus, for example, Blocker Partners, mm -hmm. which are absolute top notch in Europe. And we're sitting together and try to transform spaces, we yeah. always call it. it. Sounds quite heavy, but it's quite doable. So we are bringing in loads of ideas that is based not only on the digital, it's a little bit more on the analog way, how you integrate things. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how to say it in the right way. So we are trying to integrate signage into the space and yeah. transform the space with it. So a very good example is I'm just working on a store, which is more like a kind of cosmetic store. It's very clean. It's very organic when it comes to form, mm -hmm. but it has three big LED walls in the back, which have very light and slightly moving, very slow content, mm. for example, waves. Yeah, but yeah. at the same time, we attached a big part of the lighting system to the walls mm -hmm. so that the whole retail space changes his outlook, his mood mm. when you get in there to the content that is displayed. That's and so you're bringing in whole, let's say in whole store to life and give him a little extra kick. That's really interesting. It's, it's interesting you say that actually, and we don't often on this show talk about signage life specifically because it's not really the platform for that. But I will say that there is a feature we released recently, which I've just been playing around with for a demonstration for an event that we've got coming up called Real-Time Events, which basically what it's doing is it's sending out command triggers based on the asset that's playing on the screen at the time. Yeah. So good example of that is we have some fire and emergency content. So if the fire emergency content is playing on the device, it will then actually trigger a Nexmosphere light board to flash red. And in retail experiences, obviously, then you can start to say, well, you know, if we're playing some kind of blue, dark and moody content, we want the room to kind of emulate that color scheme or whatever it might be. But you can build it into the asset itself rather than programmatically doing it by timing or anything. Um, and I did want to mention that because uh, at the same time, just off camera here, we've got uh, a Nexmosphere board. I don't know, have you ever worked with Nexmosphere? Have you come across them before? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Nextsphere is one of those things that we utilize a lot when talking about that. And that button push experience uh, that I spoke about earlier was an Nextsphere button because it's so kind of ubiquitous in digital signage as a tool for interactivity. But do you feel like that interactivity, that experience, that's what your customers are looking for in terms of just adding value to the total consumer experience? Partly, yes. But we have enough uh, clients in the field that are aiming for total different ideas. Mm. So it really depends on the client mm. and it really depends on the end consumer in the end. Mm. Because there is a certain expectation I have on a certain brand. Mm. So there are stores. I just Today I had been in the, in the city center of Hamburg and I went to a store which is completely analog and mm. it's fine the way it is. Yeah. The experience sure. is amazing. Let's say it's a luxury and board store. Let's keep it that okay, way. Okay, Carhartt, Stussy, stuff like that. So mm -hmm. it's a little bit rock, cool, cool people in there. So it's kind of different conversation, but if they are stuff like 10 people on 400 square meters, yeah. Yeah. which is not normal. Yeah. So, mm. and for the most clients we are talking with that have like 500 to a thousand sites, mm. The game change a little bit because um, there it's more on speed, how to easy change contents, how to, let's say, how to influence the space to, yeah, let's say to monetize better mm. for them. So it's a different kind of approach. And in the end, everybody has to earn at least a little bit of money. If you are connected your LED wall to lighting, that's quite an ambitious and let's say beautiful approach, mm. but it's not for everybody. No, sure. So this is why really everybody has to concentrate a lot on what is the expected outcome. Is it, if you are looking at Sara, Decathlon, so all the, the big chains, it's speed yeah. usually. It's mm. all about speed. It's about self-checkout. It's about um, they don't have that much stuff. So they have to reduce the time the stuff is spending on dedicated situations. And so all kind of things you can replace on a digital aspect. So even if it's the posters or the communication within the store, mm. the checkout and so on and so on, adds the value for them in that field. Perfect. Well, that's really insightful. And I, it's so many things you've just raised there that I guess have never really been top of my priority list, but I do like the idea of just saying, look, legitimately look at your brand and look at who you are and then figure out where digital fits in the flow of that rather than just go and put some screens in because we think it's the future. Um, I think that's a really strong kind of final key message to put on here. Not to say it's necessarily always going to be a yes, you need hundreds or no, you don't need any. There's probably some middle ground all the time of like one or two here makes perfect sense. This one is a maybe, this one, no, you don't want to do that. So mm. usually for the bigger chains, we have like packaged small, medium, large. Mm -hmm. So you define them up front, but it's every retail space is different. Mm. Usually. Perfect. So, and especially when it comes to sizes, one is a hundred square meters. The other one is 300 square meters. Then you're going up to a thousand square meter. Yeah. So you're needing the extra large solution. Yeah. But this is something you can prepare for, but all the stuff you're putting in there has a job to do. Yeah. A hundred percent. That makes, that makes so much sense to me. Marco, so uh, thank you so much for, for jumping on the call with me today. I really appreciate you, uh, you coming on and just, just basically giving us some of your knowledge and, and sharing that with us. Um, where can people find you if they need to? Yeah, usually on LinkedIn. I'm the funny guy with the head. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. perfect. <laughs> Excellent. Marco, appreciate your time again. Thank you so much. And, uh, and hopefully we'll speak to you again on another one in the future. 
Thank you very much. Thank you very much again for listening to another episode of Digital Signage Explored. Hopefully that gave you some really useful insight into the way that Marco works with his customers and what he's discovered through his tenure with Digital Signage. If you do have any other questions, feel free to reach out to us, but you can find us on LinkedIn, on the LinkedIn newsletter under Signage Live. You can also follow along there, which comes out bi-weekly. You can find me on LinkedIn as well under Tim Baker. And of course, you can head to signagelive.com to learn more about Digital Signage in the ways that work for you. If you do have any other questions, feel free to add them or comment them under the post that you've seen here. We're always listening, we're always engaging, trying to find new ways to educate others and individuals around digital signage to understand the value of it in a current new workforce. And again, if you do want to follow us uh, or give us a rate on any audio service, then that always helps us get discovered as well. Thank you very much again, and we'll see you on the next episode.